You're listening to the Women as in Art podcast, and I am your host, Leah Schrager. Hello, welcome, Anne Hirsch. I'm excited to have you on our podcast. Um, Let me start by reading your bio, and then we'll go from there. Sure. Anne Hirsch is a video and performance artist who examines the influence of technology on popular culture and gender. Her immersive research has included becoming a YouTube celebrity with over (laughs) 2 million video views and as a contestant on Frank the Entertainer in a basement affair on VH1. Solo shows include MIT List Visual Arts Center, Steve Turner and Smart Objects in Los Angeles, and Rhizome at the New Museum's online project space, First Look. She has performed her original works with South London Gallery, the Stedelijk Museum. It's a Stedelijk. Okay, thank you. Joan, Los Angeles, and the New Museum. She launched... She launched her first NFT project, Ugly Bitches, in collaboration with Maya Mann in 2023 and is currently an NFT TikTok critic for Outland. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Um, Okay. There's actually a lot that I want to ask you about. (laughs) But (laughs) I guess the first thing that I'm super curious about is how, how you represented your work as a YouTube celebrity and being on Frank the Entertainer, how you re- uh, represented that work in the art context. Yeah, I mean, there's like two parts to that work. The first part is like what I call the research phase, which is like when I'm actually like performing on YouTube or performing on reality TV. So, you know, in theory, anyone can watch those performances, art audience or not. Um, whether they're on you, whether they're like watching the YouTube videos or, you know, just turn on VH1 one day, you can see those performances. Um, but then like, I knew I kind of had to like contextualize those performances specifically for the art world, just because there was actually so much that happened kind of behind the scenes with both of those performances that I thought were really important for people to see maybe even people beyond the art world, but that was just kind of the audience that I was like interested in at that time. Um, So for the YouTube Scandalicious project, um, I had done some like video installations um, that combined uh, my YouTube videos and a lot of the uh, response videos I had received as well as like um, videos of like all the comments I had received. And so people could get like a bigger picture of that. But then I had also written a performance, like um, I think it was like a 90-minute perform, maybe an hour. It was between an hour and 90-minute performance <laughs> that really tells the whole story of everything I went through with Scandalicious from the beginning performances to getting blackmailed to kind of finding love um, to eventually having like a nervous break. <laughs> That's my baby. Sorry. Yay. Hi, baby. <laughs> to eventually like having um, a nervous breakdown and ending the project and being stalked. Um, so that, and that was a performance, uh, where it's like the audience sees me and they also see a live feed of me as well and of my desktop. Um, and that was probably my favorite way that I contextualized Mm -hmm. that performance for the art world. And then for the, when I went on reality TV, um, 
I made a video about the experience that combined um, footage from the show, um, audio from my audition that I secretly taped, and um, videos I took from after the show that kind of show my like mental state. And I combined those into like one long uh, video that kind of where I try to like encapsulate like what it felt like and what it meant to be on that show. Where can we see that video? Can we see that video? You should be able to. Um, okay. I think if people go to my website, therealonhirsch.com, and then they go to, um, it's either called like VH1 or like Here mm-hmm. For You or Frank's Basement. I think there's oh, a link cool. to the video awesome. there. Yeah. Awesome. And so is it necessary to do the contextualization phase If you didn't do the contextualization phase, would it be considered art, the research phase on its own? To me, it would. But I I don't know. Like, I think with those projects, especially, like, what I wanted to do was paint a larger portrait of, like, that experience, which I felt like couldn't be done if you just only saw at face value Mm -hmm. either the YouTube videos or the watch the show. Like, you definitely get something from that. But to get like a much fuller, richer picture, I think you do um, need contextualization from me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Um, okay, awesome. So one of my sort of official questions is, what do you see as the biggest challenges and opportunities for women in art now? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know, I do, I mean, I think there's so much progress that has been made for women artists, even since I was like a younger artist. But I mean, obviously, still the biggest discrepancy is definitely still with um, like prices um, for artworks, like men still sell their works at such a much higher um, price. Um, Maybe not contemporary artists. Um, So maybe that even is going away because there's so many, (laughs) um, you know, figurative female painters right now who are selling their artwork for so much. Um, Mm. But I think still think on average women are paid less for their art. So Mm. yeah, I think think that's a big, big challenge. But like beyond that, I think, I do think that's like, it is really hard to be a mom and be an artist. I don't Mm. really think you can do both unless like by the time you're a mom you've you're already so successful and like have assistance and everything that they can kind of take over yeah um but like if you haven't reached that point like it's just it's really hard to do both and I think like you just kind of don't yeah you kind of just like can't have to like take a break or something mm-hmm. um or like don't have kids <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think that is yeah the biggest challenge yeah totally um and do you feel that being a mom has changed your art practice it's definitely changed my art practice because it's like all my free energy used to go to my art and now all my free energy goes to my kids. (laughs) Um, So it's 
it's not like it's changed the content of my work. Mm -hmm. I think that will always like more or less stay the same, even if it means like I'm making work about being a mom. Well, that's Mm -hmm. still pretty similar to like my old Mm -hmm. work. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, just like that, those like creative facets and that like time and energy that I used to have for like my work isn't like there quite as much. It still exists a little Mm -hmm. bit, but like not nearly as much. Yeah, totally. I I hear that. <laughs> I get that. It's so true. Um, um, I'm also I'm curious that you were mentioning. Do you feel that so there are female artists who are like presenting, let's say, paintings of friends or themselves or something like that, and they definitely seem to be having a heyday right now. It seems yeah. to me like there's a huge thing of uh, like a lot of. Um, yeah, a lot of presence for that. What do you think about people who use their own bodies in their work? Um, like, cool. is that a right? I mean, I mean, well, I, I mean, use my <laughs> right, right. I mean, I mean, do, are are they getting presented? Are you seeing that pr- having a large presence in, let's say, the um, I- institutional art world or, or the commercial art, the commercial art world? Um. I mean, I definitely think you see a lot of bodies in painting for sure. But I think in like other mediums, I haven't seen quite as many like mm-hmm. photography, although maybe yeah. that's changing. Um, uh, performance. Um, if you're, if we're not counting like dance, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, very thoughtful well, of you <laughs> to include dance and in that I, I my start in art was as a modern dancer but I well there, yeah I there's honestly, so much there's so much art that's dance these days yeah, especially yeah what were you gonna true. say I was just gonna say I don't really consider it fine art is that um, that maybe it, that's terrible it, def- <laughs> it definitely can be I mean there's definitely yeah. a lot of like contemporary artists who would be like yes it is right um, of course I think it depends on what the work is, but like I've definitely yeah. seen piece, pieces that incorporate movement or dance that like I consider right, right. art for sure. Right. Well, maybe um, it's just the context. Like, so if it's done in a gallery, it's art. And if it's done on a stage, it's dance. Some things I've seen in a gallery, I don't think are art. <laughs> <laughs> but, some, but some I do. So it just, yeah. for me, it just depends on the piece. Yeah, right, right. And like the way I define art, it's just like, whatever I think is art. I don't yeah. really care what other people think uh, is art. I love and that de- definition. <laughs> and, but like, I'm fine if like other people want to say that's their definition. And I'm like, all right, well, if you say that's art, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this is art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that goes actually into a later question I have, which is can a woman just be art? It depends. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> on the context I think again yeah. like it really yeah I mean have I seen a piece where I think that exists now no does that mean mm-hmm. a piece like that couldn't exist you know yeah mm-hmm. what would that look like do you think I don't know <laughs> someone's got to make it because yeah I, I don't know yeah it would be have to be super I mean, conceptual <laughs> I mean I wonder though if I if I think back to like 
I don't know, let's say your YouTube scandalicious, like before you, you went into the um, contextualization phase, I guess, I mean, that could be considered just art. It is art, but it's not like research. a woman. It's not a woman at right. art. It's like me right, performing right, right. on YouTube, interacting with my audience, creating a community like that for me like that was the art the whole yeah it's has a lot of social aspects to it Mm -hmm. yeah totally um what is your take on the relationship between feminism and art um seems good (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah I, i don't know um i mean it's changed that's something that has really changed a lot uh since i started like working as an artist um, cause like when I was first an artist, let's say in grad school in the late aughts, you know, feminism was really like a dirty word. There wasn't much feminist art that wasn't really a thing, even though that had been a thing prior, mm. obviously at that specific time, it was like not a thing. Um, and that has changed so much, um, in the last, you know, 15 years. Um, so that's been really exciting to see, um, yeah, both at like a, a level of the content of what's being made and then also the infrastructure and institutional support for it. But I mean, all these things are really just like trends in a way and they kind of come and go. So, you know, (laughs) um, I, I remember uh, this was a while ago, but you say something about being, so there's like sex positive and sex negative feminism. I remember you saying you fall on the side of sex negative. Um, I've updated you talk about that, that now. You've, oh, now, I, now I'm sex, what I call sex friendly. Oh, okay. <laughs> tell me, tell me more with that. What does that mean? And sex what did friendly? it mean? Maybe what did sex negative versus how would you define sex negative or sex positive too? Sex positive to me is kind of like, um, I think the overarching idea is that um, if I like it and enjoy it sexually, that's a positive. That's good both for me and for society. Um, and I, and sex negative is the opposite, which basically believes that like, you know, sex actions, even if you enjoy it, doesn't necessarily make them good. Mm-hmm. They're, they're pro- problematic. Um, uh, and I think I'm more like sex friendly, which is just like more like situational, which means like, I think it like can, because if you like it sexually it can be good but like not always <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's just kind of in the middle and mm-hmm. more like a case-by-case basis because I can't really say uh, yeah I just go both ways just depending on the situation basically and by good can you explain what you mean by good I think having like when I say like if I like it then it's good then that means has like a net positive social impact on people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really good definition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You're very good at definition. Like that's very clean, very clear. Um, I'm also curious. So I'm thinking back to body anxiety, which we, which Jennifer Chan and I co-curated back in 2016. I guess yeah. is that right? And um, no, I think it. I feel like it was earlier 15? than that. 15, 2015, 14. <laughs> I think it. It was between 13 and 15. Okay. Yes, that's right. It was between those. That's true. Um, And your quote was on the landing page of the show. And um, the quote said something like, whenever you put your body online, you're in conversation with porn. Um, I'd love to hear, do you, is that still something you believe? And can you explain more what that meant or means to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely still believe that. Um, yeah. I mean, even, I mean, I think that's true in some ways, even more so now, even if it's like gotten away from like uh, being compared to like actual porn, there's still the pornification of your body, which is like the car- compartmentalizing of like your parts visually um, to create like arousal. Um, which like that's like what porn does and then like when you put yourself online that just kind of or on social media that just inevitably happens because you can't actually put your full human self like on social media it's just impossible so parts of you become compartmentalized or like fetishized um even if you don't show any skin or like anything um you're still kind of becoming like fetishized or pornified um And then, like, the obvious way that I meant it was that, like, (laughs) there's some, I don't know if this is still true, but at that time when I said that, like, 50% of video content online is porn. Mm -hmm. It's just this, like, giant iceberg of, like, video content. So it's, like, day to day, we're just seeing, like, that top little piece of the iceberg. But there's this whole all this stuff mm-hmm. underneath there that's just like brewing all this like porn content and it's mm-hmm. there and like people are watching it and it's affecting us um, even if we're not watching it uh, in ways that we don't really understand. Um, it's kind of affecting the like uh, mass psyche of pe- the public consciousness. Um, and so like when you, put yourself online, you're naturally going to be compared even if on a subconscious level to all that mm-hmm. content. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that there is space um, and or recognition for artworks that involve porn or that evolve arousal? It's really hard. Um, yeah. I would say the space is like really small and really limited and, and the space that there is allowed, it's probably not even like the arousal is probably like uh, on a subconscious level. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like being said, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And I mean, I think it's interesting. Like you said, I, I would totally also believe that about half of the video content or half of the traffic online is going towards porn. But to me, it seems like that's just not discussed or shown in the art context. I agree. Very, I, like objectively. I agree completely. I did this yeah. video project in 2017 called Cuts. 
um, where I basically made super cuts of pornography um, and like literally just like looking at different categories of porn and like pulling out um, uh, patterns that I saw in each of those categories and splicing them together. Um, Yeah, because I think it's like, because I was just like, there's this is so much content out there that everyone is consuming. No one is talking about like, this is such important. Like, why are we like so woke when it comes to TV and movies? But when it comes to porn, there's those same thoughts like don't apply. Um, And I like don't understand that. Yes, totally. Um, Yeah. That's been something to me. That's always been like, I feel like it's something missing in the art context that there just isn't much conversation or yeah. Representation of it. I don't know. Yeah, what I would did, change that. I, yeah. I did show that project. I showed that project at a show at Macaron gallery in LA, oh, like in 2018 or 2019, um, which was great. But like, you know, the Michelle Macaron would tell me that like people would be too scared to like look at the videos at the gallery. They didn't want yeah. other people to see them watching porn. Um, mm-hmm. But like if no one, so like at the opening, people were like very scared to like look at the videos, but like mm-hmm. if someone came alone to the gallery, then they might feel it was okay to like watch or she also, so it was like videos with like headphones and she said right. that people would be too scared to put on the headphones. Interesting. Um. So, yeah, like, unfortunately, a lot of people missed kind of the gist of the videos they because in those videos, the soundtrack is like where I provide context for the videos. So it's really important Mm -hmm. to have the sound in that situation. So a lot of people just saw like Mm -hmm. porn and didn't really like get it. Um, Is is that is that what you performed? Was it at a new museum event or something where you where you did the audio over the porn? Or was that a different project? That's a different project. That was okay. um, that was where I did um, live Foley sound for porn right. videos. <laughs> that was really cool. <laughs> that was disturbing. I mean, that was, cool. Yeah, like that with that um, performance, like it starts off like funny. Like I take kind of a funny mm-hmm. porn and do like funny noises. And then like as the performance continues, like the, it gets a bit darker and the noises become like more fucked up. Um, so... Yeah, I think that's a intense performance to probably have experienced. <laughs> yeah, um, it was really striking. Um, but yeah, that piece was like in the same, like I was thinking of the same yeah. themes as with the cuts uh, works, but it's, yeah, two different projects. Yeah, that's that's interesting. How do you feel about appropriating the bodies of these porn performers? I feel okay with it. Um, I think like the way I've thought about it, because like also I first had that issue come up for me when I was doing the Scandalicious project on YouTube because I was using the videos that people sent me sometimes privately um, in the work um, that I would show publicly as my artwork. So I had to kind of contend with that in that scenario. Um, And again, it was kind of just like, is there like a net, good outcome here Mm -hmm. um and like i just accepted also the like not perfect behavior as an artist on my part um i think so many artists try to be like angels and like perfect people 
And I think that's like crazy because no one is. And like, why are we pretending to be? I mean, so it's like, I don't know, for me, it's like by being like a slightly bad artist, I can like make a bigger, hopefully positive statement. And it's just kind of is how it is. And uh, that's, that's beautiful. What, and um, so, yeah, with the porn performers, I kind of apply the same logic. I mean, that those videos are like publicly out there and it's not like I'm selling them, you know. So it's not like I'm profiting off of them. <laughs> you mean collectors haven't been banging at the door for those? I know, right? Why not? <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> That's, yeah. Yeah, um, I had a pretty big art dealer or gallerist or say to me once just that, you know, just the art world's conservative is what he said. He was like, I can't show it, the work, because it's just, it's just too, I guess, not, uh, it's too not conservative. <laughs> I don't even think it's about, I think a lot of galleries will show work, but in terms of people who are buying, mm-hmm. like a lot of the work does go in people's houses. And then you have to have this, like, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to look like Jeffrey Epstein or something, you know, with like, like I get it. Like I've bought, um, a couple before I had kids, I bought like a couple of risque pieces that I like, love to death. I love the artists. I think they're genius. Mm-hmm. I think their work is genius. But then now I have kids and like our family comes to visit and like, am I going to have this drawing of this woman with sticking a butt plug up her ass? Like, you know, in our like living room. So it's, what I did you decide <laughs> we like put it up and down periodically. <laughs> For the bathroom, right? I hear a lot of the work gets into the bathroom. Who is the artist, may I ask? Oh, Marcel Alcala did um, this drawing. And I just like, he was doing like little commission drawings at that time. I was like, oh, just do like something with big feminine energy for me. Um, And and he did did that drawing and I love it. But like, it's like always up and down in my house. (laughs) I get that as well. Like when you finally, I, I finally have a house too. And it's like, oh, I have to actually think what of my workout put on the wall such that anybody who came in would see it. And I potentially have to explain it. Yeah. I actually wanted to put um, a piece of my own up of me as like a 12, 13 year old girl taking a selfie with a flash in the mirror. Um, like it's a piece that's actually been collected by MIT. It's a beautiful piece. Um, but my husband was like, I don't really think we should put that up. It's weird. I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> what is your husband's, uh, a bit, what was the phrase? What does he say about your work? How would he present or? Oh, I think he's my biggest fan. Oh, <laughs> that's very sweet. Yeah. And so um, Jean, I guess, co-toined, co-coined the term net art. Is that right? Um, no, I think net art is like a much older term, probably from the, oh. 90, from the 90s. Right. And then okay. what Jean did, he started a blog called Post Internet, which, I mean, ultimately right. came to define the movement and that mm-hmm. term. Has that influenced your work, do you think? Like the, that? Um, I mean, that scene of artists definitely uh, has. Yeah. Um, 
and um, yeah, some of his writing has definitely influenced my work for sure. Um, like he has this one like essay on there and it's just like about um, how what post-internet art is, um, is about the narrative, the ongoing narrative of an artist's mm -hmm. work. Whereas like it used to be, they would have this work and then that work and they would be in this museum or that, like you would see them separately. Now you can just see a stream basically of an artist's mm -hmm. practice and it creates this like overall narrative. And I was intrigued by that idea. Yeah, that's fascinating. And with your work too, it's so sort of autobiographical. Like you, right, you kind of work in the stages or the phases of your life. It's really beautiful. Yeah, exactly. I'm so curious. Like, yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, I'm just curious to see what you make with motherhood. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> yeah. I um, I have like one idea for like a photo show, but I don't like reasonably see being able to do like a gallery show for like a couple years. Yeah, sure. But like, yeah, yeah. with NFTs, it's like much easier to like uh, put something yeah. out in, so in tell that us, sphere. Tell us about your NFT project. Yeah, ugly bitches. <laughs> yeah, ugly bitches came about because I was doing this NFT criticism for Outland, which is how I kind of got into the scene and started learning about NFTs and became more and more intrigued, not by the NFTs per se, but specifically by the scene, like the scene of artists and people that make up this like digital community. Um, and I, there was like a lot of like women empowerment NFTs, um, but they were all just like really positive and like focused on like beauty. Um, like they were all just like uh, illustrations of like beautiful women working or something like that. Mm -hmm. like, uh, the big one is World of Women. And then there's like Boss mm -hmm. Beauties. There's like Women and Weapons. Um, mm -hmm. There's some, there's one that's called like Asian Beauties, you know? Uh, so a lot of it was focused on like looks and kind of like the key to a woman's empowerment is her looks and like every woman is beautiful, you know, that kind of idea. And I just like really hate that ideology. Like you would never like men's empowerment would never be like, all men are handsome. Like <laughs> I would just like never, like no one cares, you know, like that would never happen. Men would be like, oh my handsome. <laughs> so it's like what are they like am i rich <laughs> what yeah. they like? all men are rich <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> like all men are good in bed you know uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so i just like that'd be wanted, funny that could be a good one <laughs> i know well yeah we are planning like, we are planning like a sequel to like ugly bitches mm. so i'm getting some ideas here <laughs> but yeah, so Ugly Bitches kind of came out of that and was like a res like a response to that specific culture within the NFT zone, but also to kind of a wider culture that I had seen spreading because of social media where there's just so much pressure for women to look a certain way. I mean, especially with uh, the advances in like uh, cosmetic 
surgery and cosmetic procedures. Um, there's just, you know, the pressure to look beautiful and like show it is just seems basically like bigger than ever or like more than ever. And then also um, there was like this other trend where there's also so much pressure for people to be morally perfect and morally beautiful mm. Um, mm. Oh, yeah. and to not, not to be true. like cancelable. So it's like this dual pressure of looking perfect and acting perfect that I, I feel falls on everyone, but also in particular falls heavily on women. Um, and also I would say people of color as well. Um, and so I was like ugly bitches to me is like ugly propaganda. Like the idea of like letting people just be who they want to be and not have to be perfect, you know, in their actions or in the way they look and uh, just trying to say that that's okay. Um, and then the form the project takes is more of like a funny meme format. And so I think having this funny meme format for these ugly bitches was important for drawing people into the project. I kind of think of it as like covert, ugly propaganda or something. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but yeah, ugly we, tra propaganda. we trained again on, you know, thousands of images of stereotypical dolls. Um, and they, they spit out, you know, these like weird ass looking dolls um, so the dolls are just all kind of like off a little bit. Uh, and then we combine them with uh, comments uh, from famous women's uh, Instagrams, like influencers' Instagrams, where we changed like the any beauty adjectives to like ugly and any female <laughs> nouns um, to like like babe or baby to bitch. So it's like uh, see this ugly doll and it's like, it's like, wow, you're so ugly. Fire, <laughs> fire emoji, like stars in the eyes. Like, can I have your number bitch? And so it just, you know, reframes wow. the world of beauty in terms of like ugliness. That's awesome. I'm looking at it right now. It's amazing. I figured you wow. were. I was like, you must be looking at some of them. Because, yeah, like when I, when we first, it took us a while to kind of come to this idea, me and Maya. Um, but then once I started seeing like outputs, I was like, this is really funny. I was just like, yeah. It up. <laughs> yeah. That's really fun. Wow. Um, how did that project start? I had actually in a, one of my videos for Outland, one of my reviews, I was reviewing all of these like woman pro woman based NFT projects. And as a joke, I kind of said, I want to start a project called like ugly bitches. And I was like, kind of half serious too. Um, and then Maya messaged me, she had watched the video and she was like, Oh my God. Yes. I love this idea. Ugly bitches. Oh, and then we just started like brainstorming ideas from there. And I was like, we should do this project together. Um, and then we just spent the next couple of months, like really just brainstorming what exactly it would be. We went through like a lot of different iterations of it until we kind of landed on this and it felt, wow. it felt right. Um, I think, did you also title body anxiety? I, f I feel like you did. You have a I way of titling. I don't think so. I think oh, you, you did that. 
Oh, do we? Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, yeah, you were very helpful in encouraging us to do the show. I remember that for sure. Yeah, that that was uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Where and how do women find agency and empowerment in art? I don't think they do unless they have like a lot of money or something. <laughs> Tell me more. Um, I like I, I've just been like really down on the word empowerment and like yeah. I think there's really only like one way to be like empowered, and that's like to have a lot of money or influence. Mm-hmm. But usually, you get influenced by having money or being money adjacent. Like if your husband is rich mm-hmm. or something, um, because then you can spend his money, um. But, like, beyond that, like, I don't really think you can have power. (laughs) Yeah. So then what do women find in art? Um, Fun, (laughs) Uh self-expression. You know, why anyone would you have – if you have a passion for it, then, you know, you should do it. I mean, for me, it's been always a journey of – uh, kind of a therapeutic like identity search or just like constant mm-hmm. like a constant look inward and then I think when you look inward hard enough and well enough whatever you find is going to apply to a lot of people because mm-hmm. um, I think it's like oh this is just art about you and it's like yeah but if it's like if you're really going deep like it turns into like art about everyone or like a lot of people Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's just like, there's fun in that. There's pleasure in that. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Is there anything else you'd like to add or say, or, um, what was I going to say? <laughs> no, I think, I think that's it. Great. Well, thank you so much. It's um, it's like you. I love the way that I love how direct you are in your answers and how yeah clear you are in them. I mean, I really appreciate you saying um, you don't like the word empowerment because I kind of feel that way too. It's I appreciate you being able to just like say that. Yeah, it's just kind of also become like meaningless because yeah. like yeah, being in the NFT space now. There's so many people who are like, yeah, we're empowering women and all this. Stuff. Like, yes. It's like, are you? <laughs> like, I don't think so. Like, you just want, like, instead of, like, having half of the population buy into in NFTs, you want the whole mm-hmm. population, you want to double the amount of people that are <laughs> buying mm-hmm. into NFTs. Um, right, I mean, right. I mean, I mean, the idea is, like, the idea with women's empowerment is NFTs is very lean in. And very like, women can be evil capitalists too. <laughs> and it's like, sure, yeah, I guess you know we need mm-hmm. we need evil women capitalists in this world as well. I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess it feels like it starts to be used in some context as a justification or like a. Um, excuse for the art or a reason why it's moral or a reason why it should exist. Yeah. I think Um, that's a really good point. Instead of just like 
allowing artists to like be bad some of the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I really like that idea too, that you can be bad. It's like, yes, be bad. That's like, isn't that what artists are supposed to be or historically were at one point? (laughs) Yeah. Like the bad boy artist, but like the art isn't bad. Just the like person is bad. But like, I think the art can be like morally bad as well. Um, I don't know. Obviously there's like personal, there's like lines you shouldn't cross. You shouldn't like kill someone or like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, one of my favorite artists is Nate Hill. And, um, I feel like people haven't taken him seriously as an artist because he does show so much of his morally bad side in his art and his art is, um, really morally complex. And I think people like have a hard time with that. But for me, that's like what I absolutely just like love about mm-hmm. the work is that he's truly putting himself out there and like showing the good and the bad. And that that's and showing basically the reality uh, of the mm-hmm. world we mm-hmm. live in. Like, um, you know, in one project, he wore white w- women as scarves. <laughs> that was and, cool. Uh, yeah, and he also had like uh, this project called like White Power Milk, um, <laughs> where he had like white women gargle milk, and then he like sold it. Um, yeah, I mean, so much of his work is about these power dynamics. Him being a black mm-hmm. man, interested in white women, and like what that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just goes there, and it's powerful, but people don't know what to do with it. Yeah, totally. And that reminded me, I forgot to ask you, name some female artists you're interested about and you're interested or you're excited about, interested in and why? Uh, Well, number one, of course, is Maya Mann. Um, I met her just this year and I just think she's a genius and the world is just going to have to watch out for her, Um, which is cool. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm like, who else? Are they like, I mean, she's definitely like a younger artist, but then mm-hmm. people who are more like my contemporaries, like uh, my friend Angela Washko, she's amazing. Um, Lauren Lee McCarthy. Um, I'm just trying to think of more like perform, like non-painters, like, you know, more performance-based yeah. artists. I just, I feel like there's not that many. I agree. There are. There, like I was thinking aren't. of, do you remember um, the artist Anne Live Young? Oh, yes. I remember her. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like what happened to like her or like. Um, what art did like, happen to her? Do you know? I have No, I have no idea. <laughs> or like art from Just, that, like performance heavy era. Yeah. Yeah. And when would you place that era? Like aughts. Like, yeah. Totally. Well, that's interesting. I think I still follow her on Instagram, but she hasn't come up in a while. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, she kind of like. Actually, I know she became a mom. <laughs> Maybe that's part of it. <laughs> that could definitely be part of it. But she got such like a bad rap in some ways, like the bad girl performance art. Yes. And then people were just like, I hate it, you know? Yes. 
Yeah, totally. I wanted to do because didn't she do like a therapy thing? I wanted to do like a little yeah. thing with her, but we and we tried to connect, but didn't. That would have been. But I was also totally scared. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna like go into the same room as this woman. <laughs> like, I mean, I think it's her stuff is crazy. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. that would have been cool. Maybe in the future. <laughs> cool or scary i'm not sure which i feel like that's something you could do though i feel like you have more like the balls to be like i don't know to stand up for it Ah, let's see (laughs) yeah i mean i um i love the idea of the not like would you say not perfect behavior too and the yeah the bad artist well it's like because it's also it's like it's more like you're saying it's morally bad but it's for good art or it's for an end good right yeah Net net positive. Net net positive. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, what that, if that is a net positive outcome is also very subjective, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's tough, but I think there's just too much pressure on artists to be like the arbiters of like moral good Mm -hmm. and like moral change. Um, Yeah. But like also like if we can't show the bad side then you actually can't have any change also yeah um so totally that's a yeah that's a perfect note to end on (laughs) thank you so much thank Thank you for having me yeah it was great to see you um we'll be in touch sounds good This has been the Women as an Art podcast hosted by me, Leah Schrager. Please visit womenasanart.com for more information and to find us on socials. Thanks.